The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk, built by nature. Catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and get involved with the show using hashtag TFToday. And now, on with the show. Hi guys. This is, uh, this is Texas Football Today, coming to you live from the hostage closet here in uh, beautiful Louisville, Texas. There's a reason I'm coming to you from the hostage closet, and we're not doing any of the fancy things we normally do, and that's because, well, the studio's not completely done, as evidenced by the hostage closet behind me. And two, Greg Tepper's on the road because he's an Emmy Award-winning broadcaster who's too fancy for the rest of us. But he's here to take your Texas high school football questions on the hotline, and maybe I'll pretend to, too. Greg, how are you? I am sitting in a luxurious Holiday Inn in Longview, Texas. You're not just chilling at the Holiday Inn? Uh, No, I'm too nervous about tonight to be (laughs) chilling. So I'm just uh, existing and trying not to think about uh, the fact that I have to speak into a camera uh, tonight. Oh, yeah. You're always so nervous to speak into a camera, Greg. Well, listen – I'm, I'm not nervous around our friends, right? The te- Texas Football Today people, those are our friends. Those are our people. Yeah. What I'm nervous about sure. are outsiders. That's true. S- strangers who will turn me into a meme. Yeah. Uh, I'm afraid of the teens, Max. I'm okay. afraid of the teens. The teens? They're out there. I don't, yes. I don't think there are any teens watching our show. And if they are, they're probably uh, not saying anything worth mentioning anyway. So. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, obviously, because we did this cold start, and because I don't really have uh, any other great way to do this, we're going to have to wait for the questions to come, too. That's um, fine. Can I tell you about my evening last night? Gosh, I guess. Okay. So, yesterday after the show, I got in my car, uh, and I drove out east. Uh, but instead of coming to Longview, I went to beautiful Pittsburgh, Texas, uh, oh, to watch a little bit of football ball. I figured, hey, you know what? I could... I could use some football, uh, and so we uh, we I went on over there to beautiful Pirate Stadium, and I will tell you. So they have apparently have just gone through some renovations. That is an A plus facility. Nice. My goodness, nice. it is really really nice. nice. Um, and so it was it was great to be out there um, watching the game between Pittsburgh and Jefferson. I will tell you this. So Jefferson comes away with a 44 to 35 win. Mm-hmm. And, and Jefferson, you know, the thing about Jefferson is that they are a, uh, I think they, because they've got the headliner, because they've got um, TQ Jackson, mm-hmm. everyone really pays attention to him. But this whole team's full of dudes, man. This, yeah. this team, they look to the part. They had a running back, this little squirt, uh, D Black. Mm-hmm. Uh, he can't be more than about 5'6". And this kid was he he could he could make you miss in a phone booth it was really impressive to see <laughs> he ran for four touchdowns i didn't have the uh, i don't have the numbers on it but i know he had over 100 in the first half right. uh this kid was a stud and now i don't think jefferson's a perfect team they've got they're gonna have some trouble stopping the run this year they're a little bit smallish in the middle of the defense but between tq jackson uh they also they did their quarterback trey hodge was in a sling at the end of the game uh, which is not bad start uh, not not optimal but yeah. uh, they got some dudes and and i will keep an eye on jefferson pittsburgh had some moments they, they flashed they are really right now um i think they have some offensive line issues and they're pretty reliant on this quarterback jalen jimerson uh to kind of bail them out of trouble now he's special he's fun to watch but he can't do it all yeah, I, wonder, I, I wonder that, i wonder if the coach knows that kid 
you know, well, you know, what's funny is that, so I was talking to one of the, the, the uh, I was talking to a, a woman on the, the Jefferson sideline, of course, yeah. uh, for, for those who don't know, the, uh, the, the coach over there in, uh, in, 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 uh, Jefferson, his last name is Jimerson. Yep. And then the quarterback in Pittsburgh, his, his last name is Jimerson. That's amazing. And she goes, she goes, they've got to be kin somehow. I mean, we're all kin. Now. We're all, <laughs> right. we're, she used right. the word kin, which is so perfect. Uh, we're all kin out here. So it's yeah. like, they're related and some, like, I'm sure they're like third cousins half, twice removed or something like that. Uh, but it was, uh, you know, I, I think, I think Pittsburgh's got the pieces. They've got to figure it out. And I talked with coach Brad Baca after the game. Um, and I asked him, Hey, you know, you know, what do you think about, uh, your, your teammates? He, goes, he told me, he's like, well, I feel like we took one on the chin tonight, but at the same time, uh, he's go- I think he told me, he's like, I think the film's going to be kind of ugly, but at the same time, this is when you want to have that ugly game. You want to be, you want to, you want to put some, you know, you want to make your mistakes now week one, uh, because the games don't count yet. The games right. are, you know, th- th- this doesn't de- de- uh, demand or de- determine who gets into the playoffs and who doesn't. So. Um, it was great to get out there. It was an exciting game. It got close. Uh, it got close real late in the fourth quarter before D. Black ran for a, a long touchdown uh, that that really inserted the dagger. Uh, but it was a great atmosphere. Great to be out there. Uh, I, I cannot recommend highly enough if you're ever out there in East Texas, get to a game in Pittsburgh. It's really nice. And eat at Pittsburgh Hot Links before the game. That leads into uh, our that leads into our first question. Okay, uh, fellow named Matthew Step. Uh, I don't okay. know if you've heard of him. He has a serious football question. Can Greg Tepper tell us about his culinary experiences thus far and planned out in East Texas? Thanks in advance for your courage. Okay. Uh, so I can. So we, uh, I drove in, and, and I, I had thrown out there on Twitter, uh, specifically to our friend Clint Buckley at ETSN, uh, I said, all right, what's the play if I'm going to go to Pittsburgh? Right. Uh, and he said, actually, I believe uh, Step interjected himself into this conversation. He goes, Pittsburgh hot links. Yeah. Uh, but I did go, uh, but Buckley followed up and said, yes, Pittsburgh hot links is the play. And it got the endorsement of coach Brad Baca. Oh, so there you go. Yeah. That's the, that's the, you got to do that. That's and so I went over there and I kind of, uh, somebody said, you got to order uh, a couple of the hot links. You got to order a burger and some fries. And so I did, I did all that. The hot links are if you are imagining like a bratwurst or a smoked sausage, you are you are picturing the wrong thing. These are small, um, small little little sausages, little little chubbies, if you will, and they are they're they're definitely I can definitely see why some people don't like them. Sure. I will say that. They are a little bit because I think their expectations were wrong. Sure, they're 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 it's pretty coarsely ground. It's it's kind of you know a little bit chewy in little, that regard. A little mealy, yeah, a little mealy. If yeah. you want to use the word mealy, it can be. So the texture yeah. I think throws some people off. I'll tell you though, I had four of them. I could have had twenty of them. They were. Go. I thought they were really tasty. That's the secret right there. Yeah, and like so it. it was it was really really tasty. I I enjoyed that a lot. So so thank you to everybody, including Coach Brad Baca, for recommending Pittsburgh Hot Links. I am presently trying to round up a group after this show. I want to see if I can convince uh, a couple of these East Texas uh, near duels to go over to Bodacious Barbecue. Um, we will see. I don't know. I don't know if I can get them to do it. I don't want to go alone. I don't like eating. I'm very I'm very shy, uh, and so I don't like eating alone. It's a miracle. So, it's a miracle that we we get along. It really is. So I am. Uh, we're, we'll see on that. Otherwise, I'll probably just you know starve. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see. I don't know. I'm I'm very 
Um, it so far so good here in uh, in East Texas. They've fed me well. Yeah. Uh, we will we will see what the rest of the the trip holds. All right, get ready for some rapid fire because we got a buttload of questions coming in. Let's go. Our man John Velo, loyal, dedicated viewer, gets the one off the top. How many games will Comfort win this year? All right, so let's let's look through their schedule real quick. First and foremost, I do think that there's I do think that there's reason for optimism and comfort. Um, I think that this is a squad that's probably trending in the right way. Um, you know, it's, I, I think that whenever you you get an opportunity uh, to bring back some of the guys that they do, um, uh, I think that that overall this is a, a team that even though they were two and eight last year, I think a third year in a coach McQueen uh, is going to be good. You know, you bring back seven starters offensively, which I think is is ultimately. A, ultimately a positive let me see if i can pull up their schedule real quick they're in district 13 3a division two uh this is a um this is this is a team that that again you know because i think because of the 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 part of the state that they're in they're never going to have a particularly fun district draw but overall um i i you know they're they're in that that district with with blanco you know they're they're in that district uh you know i think with a, a with sonora obviously i think johnson city could be a team to, that that surprises some people uh but overall look they get Lytle tonight i think they're probably a, a slight favorite in that one um austin hyde park baptist i don't know a ton about from the private school ranks right. i know that they're they're pretty i know they're coming off a very good year so that could be part lago vista is going to be tough uh, Bandera, yeah, I think they can beat Bandera. I think they can probably beat San Antonio Mary's, uh, St. Mary's Hall. And then you get into district play. And, and basically, if they're going to get into the if they're going to get into the playoffs, um, they got to beat um, they got to be Ingram Moore. They got to beat Tom Moore. Uh, and then they probably the two games that are going to turn their season are Johnson City and Brady, um, both of which are on the road, which is not particularly helpful for their cause. Right. Um, I will say they win. Yeah, heck, I'm feeling generous. I say they win five games. They make it in the playoffs in the fourth spot, um, and I think they. I think I'll say five wins for your comfort Bobcats. Give me five for the blue and gold. All right. Okay. Uh, holy crap! I'm getting too many questions at once. I want. Sorry, uh, guys. I want to name everyone that yeah. asks a question. Trey Parker asked, "Does Magnolia West have any chance in their murderous district this year?" Boy, uh, <laughs> yeah. Like if we're talking. If we're talking like tough districts, like Magnolia West has, uh, I don't know who they made mad at the UIL, uh, but they need to like start sending flowers to like the to, do- to Dr. Susan Elsa because um, they've they've got to find they've got to find a way to to get slotted into a better district. <laughs> it's, it's it's tough. Look, it's it's uh, the the bottom line of it is that every single one of those games is going to is is going to be difficult. Uh, you know, maybe with the exception of one. Uh, but but I uh, do do they have a chance? Now, I, every team's got a chance. I'm supposed to say that. Um, it's tough. I, I, it's it's real tough, and <laughs> it's 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 real tough. Now I will say though, look, I guess it depends on what we're talking about when we say do they have a chance. I think they're a playoff team. I think that they. But if if you're asking, do I think they're going to beat Lufkin and College Station? No, I probably don't. Probably not. The question for me is is there a team like Tomball or is there a team like Magnolia or, um, you know, Willis, you know, in, 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 a, in a second year under coach Michael Wall? Um, do they figure it out and, and challenge them? To me, right now, if, if I were to say, you know, we project them in the magazine to, to finish third, I, I feel like that's a pretty comfortable spot for them. I don't see oh, – I don't really see how they move up unless College Station really falls off or Lufkin's not as good as we thought they were. 
and I don't see them necessarily tumbling out of playoff contention, you know, basically unless Willis or Magnolia really hit the Jets. So, yeah, I mean, I think they're a playoff team. Uh, the, the problem is that um, third place in that uh, third place in that district uh, might just get you Texas high in the first in the first round. Although, heck, after last night, who knows? The, either Hendrickson, the whip, yeah, the whip in that that Hendrickson put on yeah, either, Texas either, high. Yeah, either Hendrickson is really good or Texas high has a long way to go. It's hard to tell. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so look, I, I I think there's plenty of optimism for, for Magnolia West, but uh, but yeah, I mean, there's definitely two juggernauts in that district. All right, Jesse West asks. Oh, by the way. I know it's been a long off season. Michael Wall was uh, was just hired this off season. This is his thank first you. Season. It has yeah. been a very hard yeah. long. Off Jesse West asks, "Who do y'all got winning Grapeland versus Milano?" Milano, uh, boy, Milano. You know, I don't know. Milano. Yeah, it's, it's Milano. It's, yeah, it's it's Milano. It's it's okay. Texas it's, sounds uh, too hard for me. Yeah, and well, and, and the thing is that they really burst onto the map last year when yeah. they beat Bremond, yeah. and then like everybody kind of had to guess. So it was, uh, it, was <laughs> yeah. it was a fun time. Yeah. So um, yeah, this is to me uh, a very tight game. Um, this is one of those uh, uh, games that let me see what the computer says. Yeah, computer is computer thinks this is a very, this is a one possession game. Um, Grapeland is is I would say a slight favorite, although Milano I think has. Um, I think Milano's uh, a team that that has been on the rise very quietly, but they have. A ton. Uh, I think, especially on the defense, I think they've got some questions. Um, I want to see what they're able to do, you know, and they move up a district now or move up to Division uh, Division One. Um, yeah, you know, right now, I'll, I'll roll the Sandys in, 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 a, in a close one, but I think it's, I, I will say this. This is one of those games where the only thing that would really surprise me would be if it's decided by more than about one possession. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm pretty high on Grapeland this year. I think this is a team that, that, that got that, that sniff of success last year. When you bring back 15 starters, they'll be in the hunt again. Uh, but I'll go with Grapeland in a close one. All right. If Corey Hogue, loyal and dedicated friend of both DCTF and this show, asks, which Wichita Falls area team outside of Hershey is the one mm. to watch this year. Um, boy, it's a tough call. It is. I mean, I want to say Ryder. Right. Uh, they're probably they're probably the team there, but uh, they, they they also do lose a ton. I mean, they were the better. They were the second best team in Wichita Falls last year. Right. And but they lose they lose a lot. I mean, they yeah. they, lose, they graduate twenty four Lettermen and twenty four pretty important Lettermen. Um, but Wichita Falls just seems like they're they're just still a couple years away. Yeah, we still have a lot um, to learn about Coach Freeman. I mean, yeah. you can tell his enthusiasm; it's infectious. He's ready to go. But you know, we need to see that team in action, right? I also think that Wichita Falls is probably a year away. I think yeah. they're you know when you talk with Coach Freeman, he's really excited about the junior class they've got. This is going to be the year that that really it becomes their team. Um, give it a year, and maybe it's old high. But for now, if we're not counting Hershey. Uh, I will go with um, I will go with with with, with Ryder as, as the team to beat in Wichita Falls. Daniel Agnew asks, "What are the odds Permian could beat both DeSoto and South Lake Carroll this season?" I'll tell you after last night, they aren't as crazy as you think. I'll say that Step thinks Step thinks DeSoto uh, Permian's going to beat DeSoto, and I am not I am not just dismissing that out of hand. Right. Uh, I, I think that there's a lot of questions about this about this DeSoto team and Permian, even with a very, very late coaching change, I think they'll I think there's a fair fair argument that, that they have the best player on the field in Ed Williams. Yeah. Um I think there's a fair argument for that. 
The the question is going to be how well this defense comes together, how well Peyton Powell, the transfer quarterback in from Midland Christian, um, how well he kind of uh, merges into this team. The other thing for me is is you know DeSoto has traditionally not traveled very well, uh, and so that's going to be that's going to be something that that's uh, to keep an eye on. It's one of our live look-ins on Fox Sports Southwest tonight, yeah. so make sure you check that out. But I will say. Then you know, let, let's say let's say it's a, a 50-50 shot to beat DeSoto tonight. Let's just let's just call it that for the sake of argument. Carroll suddenly after last night spending about three quarters just you know putzing around, especially offensively. Now I don't yeah. think South Grand Prairie's lunch me. I want to be no. Clear they that. always have defensive dudes. There's no question about that. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, basically, the the offense was almost non-existent last night and that's a little bit concerning to me now it's easy to overreact to one data point so yeah, i don't especially want to start... week, especially week one you know exactly every coach will tell you and it's the dumbest cliche that we'll repeat eight million times but it's true the biggest difference is between week one and week two yes there will be that you're going to get some film on your own team and you're going to figure out what you did wrong yep. i will say i feel like they um I, I i feel like they've got a shot more so now i would have i would have said that it's probably Carroll by two touchdowns. Now it's probably Carroll by a score. Yeah. And 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 the, you can make that up in a hurry. Uh, yeah. I want to see what Permian looks like tonight. Yep. And if they if they come out and they really dominate the Soto, then watch out not just Carroll but also uh, the rest of the little South. I am. Conference. I'll tell you this. I'm here for the hype train if they win both of those games. Oh, I'm absolutely. here for it. I'm here. I'm riding that hype train. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm absolutely here for it. All right. Next question from. Also a loyal, dedicated viewer, Matt McSpadden asks, how good do you think McKamey will be this year? Um, okay. The answer is pretty good. Um, I mean, look, they were a 10-win team a year ago. They are a squad that brings back a good amount offensively. And and whenever you do that, that's going to at least give you a shot in, in every game that, that you play. Um, I really like this, this quarterback, Fuentes. I think that he's a kid who... You know, last year, last year the thing that really that 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 really uh, impressed me, and if you talk with Coach Fred Stahl, I think he'll tell you the same thing, is that uh, for a guy who was just a junior, he really took care of the football. Right. And and if you do that, everything else can work can work itself out. Yeah. Um. But I think that I think that they've got a quarterback, and they got to feel good about that. They're probably they start the year as our favorite in that district, um, in in one two A Division two, um. Yeah, I mean, right now, look, that's a that's a that's a tough region. At some point, they'll run into Stratford, uh, and at some point, you know, but you know, Stratford are basically one of those teams from District Three or those three ten win teams. But I, yeah, I, I think that McCamey is on the short list of regional Region One contenders. There, I think this is a team that that if you've got that quarterback, then then you've got a shot. And as long as they keep Carson Fuentes upright, then they're they're going to be okay. Question is going to be defensively. Yeah. Uh, a lot of questions defensively, but but we'll see we'll see what happens for McCamey. Hey, Clint Gould's in the house. He says hello, Max. Hello, Greg. Hey, Clint. I remember you from last year. How's it going, man? Hi, Clint. <laughs> Dave Martinez asks, what do you think about Los Fresnos versus Montwood? El Paso traveled 14 hours to Los Fresnos for the game tonight. That is amazing. That is. That's that's pretty great. Beautiful down in uh, Los Fresnos, though. Yes, it is. Uh, they they should eat well as well. Um, yeah, I, I think that this is uh, a a really interesting game because you don't know uh, because you've got that that extra uh, element of. Um, that extra element of travel. Yeah. With that, you know, especially in week one, when there when there's already a million things that are new and different and, and weird, you're not into right. a rhythm yet. Right. 
you know, we'll find out. Now, I think Montwood um, has a chance to, to maybe surprise some people. I think people are maybe looking at what they lost and thinking about, oh, you, you know, you lose Fernandez, you know, you lose Tyrus Andrews and stuff like that. Uh, but a lot of their core, a lot of like the real like uh, things, most things that a lot of fans don't talk about, like offensive line and, and linebacker, uh, those things, I think they're still pretty strong and they feel pretty good about it. You Nolas know, Fresnos is probably going to have uh, the playmaker uh, in Nico Valencia, the the, the almost twelve hundred yard rush or receiver a year ago uh, out there. It's going to be up to Montwood to make sure that they hold that down. Right now, I'll probably lean towards Los Fresnos. Um, I think that because they're going to have the, the you know they, they're the more known commodity at the skill positions, and they are uh, and they're at home and, and, and Montwood's traveling to them. But fascinating game in this one, and I think that I, I, it wouldn't it wouldn't be one of the, it's one of those games where it wouldn't be a surprise to me if Montwood comes out and, and comes out with a win. Yeah. Uh, Michael Williams, I love this question. Do you see any of last year's state champions struggling to make the playoffs? Ooh, um, that's interesting. Um, you know, it's because well, well, that's the thing is that you know inherently, as you guys can, as you guys have probably noticed, uh, if you're a state champion, you tend to start the year ranked. Now, yeah. part of that is that you know we we do use some there's there's some method to the madness, but essentially. We always give the defending state champion a bump, right? We always say, oh, we, we, you were, if you were good last year, we figure you're going to be good this year. And so, yeah, as far as missing the playoffs is concerned or struggling to make the playoffs, um, the immediate ones that come to mind uh, would be a team maybe, maybe like – College Station, although just because that's a tough district, but I also think that they've gotten enough coming back. Oh, and they have you know kind of questions at quarterback and a few places. But yeah. I also don't, I don't, also don't see that necessarily happening. Uh, Carthage will get in the playoffs. West Orange Stark will get in the playoffs. Brock will, or uh, not Brock, but uh, Rockdale. Uh, you know, actually, let me let me stop there for a moment. Rockdale lost Rock- some dudes. Rockdale lost some dudes, and Rockdale is in a tough district. It's a bear trap. That that. Basically, you know, the thing is, like, Yo is in that district. Lago Viz is on that district. Troy, who I think could be in for a big leap this year, is in that district. The issue is that then you're going to need another team to, to get over Rockdale. I don't necessarily see that happening. Yeah. So, they're, you know, maybe it gets dicey for them, but I don't necessarily see that um, uh, keeping them uh, keeping them out. I think, and the, then, I think the interesting part of this question, not to interrupt you, sorry, but it's, yeah. it is don't find, you know, we're not trying to find the one that, that might we're you know i I don't think any of them are going to miss the playoffs i really don't at this point i think where we're going with our answer is i guess maybe if i squint i could see maybe this being hard for this team so you know the original premise of the question is nah not really yeah it's um i think you're right and i i i i think every i think all these teams are making the playoffs if you're making me pick one it's probably yeah it's probably it's probably College Station or Rockdale, but they're making the playoffs. Yeah. Both of them are pretty, I think, pretty comfortably making yeah, the playoffs. So too. Clint Gould, our friend, coming back to him. Give me your prediction on the Wimberley Texans this season. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm. You know, I, I'm pretty high on them. I think yeah. that this is a. I think this is a Wimberley team that uh, you know, surprise, surprise. I think they're going to be pretty good. Yeah. Uh, when when you run to a state semifinal, uh, you tend to uh, you tend to make some friends along the way. Now, look, uh, JoJo Weeks ain't walking through that door. They have they have to figure out what they're yeah. going to do That's from a, big from a quarterback. Perspective. Yeah. They got to figure out what they're doing for from a quarterback perspective. Um, they also lose guys like Ian Burnett and stuff. That, yeah. but I, I think that I think that w- when you talk with uh, w- when you talk with Coach Warren, 
Um, he feels pretty good about some of the youngsters he's got coming up. Uh, the question is how quickly can they, uh, in, you know, ingrate, you know, make themselves a, a factor in what they're going to do. Right. You know, we, uh, in the magazine, we start them second behind Cuero, who we have, uh, I believe, what, number two in the state, two yeah. in the state. But that's a tough district. And I'll tell you, they, like, they, this is a team that I'm very interested to watch in non-district because we know they got to play Cuero. We know they got to play Geronimo Navarro. And those are two bona fide state title. If things work out correctly, they've got they've got eyes on AT and T Stadium. But also teams does, that Wimberley's beat it before, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Teams that Wimberley's had their number. Yeah. So my question for for them is like, how do they look in non district? Yeah. As compared, you know, which is ultimately going to inform our decision whenever those big key district games do run roll around. Jared Grimsley asked, does Mojo have the dudes to get beyond the third round in a slightly softer Region 1? I mean, it seems like they do, but we really, you know, I would say going into the season we're higher on Mojo than we probably have been in two or three years, but until they hit the field and do something interesting, we just, I don't know if I can commit to that yet. That's that's part of the problem. The Part of the problem is that we can't necessarily go go whole hog into it just because, you know, I want to see, I want to get a data point on them. Look, from the outset... I look at the roster, and if they are able to just keep on trucking with a new coach, Jeff Ellison, who, who joined them – or not joined them, but got, got the, the move to the, the big chair late, yeah. Uh, then, yeah, the talent's there. Uh, now, here is one thing that I do want to point out. Let me pull this up real quick. We've got um, a projected playoff bracket based on basically our, like our rankings. So right now, the way that, that would work out is that they would run into – we project they would run into a team like Arlington Martin in the second round. That's no picnic. Yeah. That's tough. And then if they get past that, they're running into Duncanville. Yeah. And Duncanville is really, really, really tough. Yeah. So, so even if we think this is the best Permian team in years, and I think it's got a chance to be, yeah. there's also the aspect of just the district draw that they're in and or the, the, the regional draw that they're in, that they'll have to play some of these DFW heavyweights and good ones early, yeah. um, and that could, that could be problematic. So, yeah. uh, and by the way, that's if, that's if Arlington Martin, if we have a first-round match of Arlington Martin and San Angelo Central, right? that's the way we roll with that. And yeah. so if that's the case... They may be seeing San Angelo Central in the second round, and that's no picnic. So it's it again that it it's it's. I'm trying to find a way to say that I really like Odessa Permian, and I also think that their that their their conference draw may may make it so that they are unable to advance farther than they than they want to. Lennon Coley, one of our smartest viewers, and this is a great question. Thoughts on Cedar Ridge Temple tonight? It didn't make any of the previews, but I'm sure it had to be close. Mm. He is correct. Yes, that was probably um, if you were talking about games that just missed the cut. That's it's probably yeah. it's probably Temple and Cedar Ridge. Uh, look, it's it's super interesting, and I've said I believe I said it on Tep and Step that um, if there is a team, we hear all the time, uh, oh, like Dave Campbell's Texas football is disrespecting so and so. They're disrespecting so and so. I'll be honest, like going back and looking at the magazine, I- I'm looking and I think we disrespected Cedar Ridge. Okay. Um, I think that they're. I think because I, I, we end up where where do we end up ranking them at, to, to begin the year? Let me pull this up. Um, to begin the year, this is a team that played in a in a district or for a regional uh, in a state semifinal, and we had Cedar Ridge ranked twenty uh, fourth in the state. I I if we could go back and do it again, I'd, I'd move them up a little bit. And and I'll tell you that I know there's huge concerns defensively and good concerns. And they've got to replace a quarterback in Ezekiel Koss, who I think was underrated. They've got to uh, replace a running back in Simi Bakari. 
they got to find somebody to throw the, throw Jalen Ellis the ball. Um, but I'm, I'm really interested in them. Now there's Temple, and Temple makes the move to 6A. Uh, this is, you know, they're, they're, they're making that leap. You talk with Coach Stewart, and he's got some dudes, but they're also in the situation where they would really like a quarterback to step up. When I talked with him in the offseason, they've got this guy, Jared Wiley, who's 6'6", 220. The, the Texas commit tight end. Yeah, a yeah. freak show. Yeah. He's a, a 6'6", 220, and he can't teach that. But what he's saying is, like, he's our best player. He's our best player, and as a result, we want to make sure um, – uh, you know, we want to make sure that we are able to uh, get him in a place that he can help us the most. The place he can help us the most is as as a receiver, and or out there split out yeah. split out wide or play yeah. tight end. If he has to play quarterback, yeah, like, you lose something there. For sure. You you lose something, yeah. and so I want to see who they roll out of quarterback. They've got plenty of plenty of playmakers. I really like Monto President. I think there's a Temple team that that really could surprise some people, but a lot of it's going to depend on what we see under center tonight. So a lot of questions for both these teams will be answered, especially at the offensive skill positions. Yeah. Lehman Saunders, our good six-man friend, says, what rule change is going to get the most pub after tonight? Uh, I think that the... The touchback rule, maybe. I know Lehman was telling me a little bit about how uh, they're trying to they're trying to to, to uh, not speed up the game, but but there is a rule uh, as far as the, uh, the the play clock rules after a touchdown is scored. Is that basically you like there's there's no real break in between after a touchdown scores. Like we're getting back out here and we're kicking it off. And he was talking about how in the six-man game these kids are running around so much and there's so much scoring yeah that you've got to have a break and yeah. so i'm interested to see that that might be one that that people are talking about um are there any other major rule changes that i'm missing from the um i think that was they, yeah they didn't they didn't ban the train train horns so yeah. it's, um, it's that the, would have been the it's one. the cut blocking but I, cut I did, blocking. The cut blocking but I also is, don't think that's going to get get played. Yeah. Right. I, the thing about the the cut blocking is you're going to hear more complaining about it within coaches. I don't think your average fan is going to care so much. I think that's probably right. Is yeah. we're going to hear we will all get some texts tonight right. from some coaches. Yeah. But I don't know if it's we're going to see the hemming and hawing yeah. publicly because coaches don't want to make enemies officials yeah. and rightfully so. Yeah. Tony Blaylock asks uh, Louise JV kicked off with 11 players last night had a player injured early and played most of the game with 10 players didn't win but played hard thoughts on playing 10 playing with 10 instead of forfeiting I mean that's gutsy. so that ha- so that it's very gutsy that does happen and speaking of, of Lehman Saunders yeah, that, right. that happens in the six man ranks every yeah. once in a while too is that if you've only got a few a few players there are some teams that will say we're going to gut it out and play with five for the rest of the game um it's the coach's decision. Uh, I I understand it, but I also feel like your schemes get thro- so thrown out the window yeah. that whatever that whatever positives you get from playing from actually yeah. playing may may be mitigated by not having uh, not being able to actually operate in your schemes. Right. So uh, I applaud I applaud the I applaud the effort I applaud the you know the the, the gusto. Uh, by the by the Hornet by the JV Hornets, but uh, I can also see an argument that ah uh, hey why don't we just uh, why don't we just call it off? Yeah, I can see from a strategic standpoint. I think it's kind of interesting, right? If you know that no one else is going to get hurt, which you don't, and that's the main thing. If someone else gets hurt and it's because there's just they're being overpowered because there's just not of that's not great. But the schematic thing. Well, look, you're going to leave your weak side open. You're going to run strong side on everything and, and just yeah. let, let someone chase you every play. That's fine. 
Um, all right. I love this question from Aaron Arbuckle, who always asks good questions. Which team will get an upset win, but you wouldn't be surprised by? I'm going to start by saying I hate that we keep going back to this game, but I think it's I think it's Permian over DeSoto. Yeah, that's uh, one of them. DeSoto could win that in a blowout, and I wouldn't be surprised either. But there's a lot of factors working against DeSoto that historically just don't. I mean, the last time they went out that way, they, w- they played a Midland team who was good uh, during their state championship year and almost lost to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just you wonder about the same situation here if it's you know week one long drive all that stuff if those factors play up if Permian wins that game I wouldn't be I think there's some people would be stunned I wouldn't be yeah. that surprised uh, here's here's a couple that spring to mind okay. um, I don't know if it's an upset but I wouldn't be surprised if Houston Lamar beats Spring Westfield tonight yeah um, Houston Lamar new coach uh, a lot of change and I feel like they're and, and they're losing a lot from last year I feel like there's a lot of people who maybe as the kids say sleeping on on Lamar but it wouldn't right. surprise me because I do think that that's still a very talented program yeah. Westfield's not going to lie down for them certainly but right. I think that that's one game uh, that, that I have my eye on let's see what else um watch out for Midland Lee and Smithson Valley um that's a fun one. Th- yeah. That's a real fun one. That yeah. was that was one of Steph's hipster games. Yeah. Um, a, a Smith and Valley is going to enter from a rankings perspective as a favorite, but Midland League could be in for a bigger year than than I think people may think. Um, I, I think that that's that's a game that that I would certainly keep my eye on. Um, and yeah, I can call it there. Um, Rockwall Highland Park's interesting. Yeah. Um, a lot of change at Highland Park. They're going to be the favorite, no doubt. But remember, wasn't it Rockwell last year who beat them? Uh, um, Rock, Rockwell opened with the Woodlands win last year. That was the big thing. And then that's I, right. I, I couldn't they remember. With the Woodlands I, win. And I think they beat. I think and then they maybe beat two years yeah. ago, maybe two years ago, they beat Highland Park. Yeah. Rockwell starts yeah. hot. Yeah. Uh, they always have. Highland Park's got a lot of change. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't necessarily be a super surprise to me if the defending champs start start on one. Right. I, I again, they'll be fine. I'm not worried about Highland Park, but it, that would not necessarily surprise me. Uh, Corey Hogas, can Tepper use his influence to have uh, Fox Sports Southwest televise a Lone Star Conference game each week? Uh, no, you guys, <laughs> you guys barking up the wrong tree. You guys grossly overstate my influence here uh, uh, at, at Fox. Uh, I am I am I am literally a guy that I show up and they tell me where to go and say, "Don't screw this up, idiot." That's funny. How many more minutes you got, Tepper? Uh, I got five more minutes. All right, we'll do as rapid fire as we can. So try to try to tighten yeah, these. Yeah, I'll all keep up. it quick. All right, Larry Claxton Jr. asks, "How do you think the NS Lions are going to do this year?" Just fine. Uh, yeah. They might. I had a great game tonight against Waxahachie. The battle yeah. two eighty seven. I think they beat Waxahachie. Uh, Sam Harrell did not forget how to coach. This nope. guy's going to have them ready to roll. I think Ennis is going to be just fine. Yeah. Uh, Angel Hernandez asks, "How will Abilene Cooper fare with a new coach and sophomore quarterback?" Those are growing pains. Uh, certainly growing pains. They'll yeah. probably they'll probably win tonight against Keller, but uh, I, I think that this could be a you know uh, this is one of those teams that that. I think they bring back enough to make it really interesting. Uh, some yeah. of the playmakers they bring back from the on the on the defensive side have me pretty excited. I, I think Cooper. I think Cooper's gonna be all right. There you go. What's your favorite p- pregame meal? Uh, my favorite pregame meal is whatever's free in the press box. <laughs> That's pretty common here. Let's go back to Ennis Waxahachie. Why not? Battle of two eighty seven prediction. One of the best rivalries in the state. Who you got? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm going I'm going with Ennis, uh, but. Uh, 
and again, it, this is another example of so much change uh, really all over the place. Uh, two new coaches here, Todd Alexander starting yeah. for his, his walk to career, and then Sam Harrell. Yeah. I guess he's a new coach. Right. Um, it is a new here. scheme. I mean, I think that bears repeating. This is a new look. I mean, Sam's not going to play the way that uh, Coach Alvarez did. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I will say that for me, uh, one of the things to, to watch out for is that, you, you know, you, you mentioned that they're, they're kind of going back to that traditional air raid offense. Yeah. Uh, you know, I want to see how this how this air raid goes up against a, a secondary yeah. in Waxahachie that could be pretty good. Damani yeah. Richardson, uh, a few other playmakers in, yeah. in, in the in, on the back end. Um, Josh Stearns, I think this is a, a playmaking secondary that if this NS offense is not sharp and they haven't picked up the scheme yet, yeah. it could certainly bite them in, in, in the rear. I, yeah. I like Ennis for now, but uh, but that's certainly something to keep an eye on. I like Waxahachie now. I like Ennis more in Week 10. That's that's how okay. I'm feeling about both those programs right now. Okay. Tanner Wilson asks, can either Flower Mound or Marcus improve after some pretty brutal seasons? I mean, Marcus has all the tools, right? right. I mean, they've got... They're, I believe they're one of two teams or two players uh, to have two guys on our super team. Um, they've got Justin Dinka, the running back, uh, and then the uh, Marcel Brooks, the linebacker. They've got playmakers for days. The question is just going to be, uh, you know, can they can they get out of their own district? You know, can they get out of their own district? You figure Coppell and Hebron get two of the two playoff spots. If any of the Irving schools or Louisville figure it out, one of those teams is in trouble. Um I like. I really like what Flower Mound brings back. I think that I think Flomo's got a couple of playmakers uh, that have me particularly excited. Uh, uh, Jake Welch was a really exciting receiver a year ago, and and, uh, running a running back uh, in Pierce Hudgens, who really kind of uh, impressed in 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 spurts as a sophomore back for his junior year. I think both teams could be better. Uh, I also think the bottom of that district with Louisville and the Irving schools is going to be a little bit right for the picking there. And so as a result, I think both teams uh, right now probably make the playoffs and, and probably uh, are, improve their win total. Uh, you were too busy watching a uh, high school game last night in Pittsburgh, and I was too busy reading questions to catch this when you said it. But uh, Westfield and Lamar played last night, and Westfield won 31-14. Tony Blaylock calling that one out for us. Well, hey, listen, you never know if Lamar is going to build a time machine. Yeah, that's true. And, you guys uh, didn't think about that. You guys. Yeah, didn't think about yeah. the time machine. You gotta, you gotta zig when they zag. Yeah, come on. Uh, <laughs> and finally, our man Brent Homan out in Graham. Did any games surprise you last night? We would be one hundred percent remiss if we did not bring up Diamond Hill Jarvis, baby. The one and oh Diamond Hill Jarvis Eagles. Uh, they snap a seventy-seven game losing streak. The state's Amen. longest losing streak. The yep. second. The second longest in state history. A dominant, dominant win over Dallas Conrad. Good for those kids. Um, uh, I texted Coach Oscar Oscar Castillo to congratulate him. He is so fired up, and rightfully so. Yep. I am. Here's a spoiler alert: We are attempting to book him for the show next week. Uh, that's that's the rule. If you break the state's longest losing streak, you get on the show. So we're going to try to book Oscar Castillo for next week. I'm so happy Love for those it. guys. Yeah. That I mean, I think it's. I talk about this all the time to, to folks, but it's so easy to go out there and work hard when you're winning and because it's like there's that reward. But it is so hard to, to motivate yourself and motivate yeah. a team to go out there and keep working when you've lost for seven consecutive years. And, and, and I am so over the moon for those kids. Congratulations to the Diamond Hill Jarvis Eagles, the one and all Diamond Hill Jarvis Eagles. Oh, man, it was a big deal. It's nice to get that. We were wondering about that in the preseason, talking about it, and really we're trying to squint, figure it out, got it out of the way at the beginning. Love it. Love it. Love it. And a great way to end this show. Thanks, Greg. 
Absolutely, guys. Uh, are we going to do a show on Monday? Uh, I sure would like to not do a show on Monday. I would. Then like we're not to... doing a show on Monday. We'll yeah. be back Tuesday, guys. We'll see you guys on Tuesday.